Hello Life Changers, thank you so much for joining us. We have got an amazing word for you, so why don't you lean in, grab a notebook and pen, and get ready for what God has to say to you today. Just at the beginning of this year, I mean most years, I try and wait on God and say, God, what's the focus for this year? And I found in, in Luke, I actually woke up with this, the phrase, in Luke 18, it's just a phrase, it says, when the Son of Man, and this is Jesus asking the question, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on earth? Now, when Jesus is asking him, he's asking, am I going to find faith? That's, I find that so challenging for me. Like, is he going to find faith here? Is he going to find faith here? South Africa and the world. And that's, that's one of the things I want to stir today. But this year, I think for me, that's the word. It's, is he going to find faith in me? And there's only one real answer to that question. I want to give us some handles and some things to put in place that can help us with that. But just before we do that, a bit of a fun story. Um, it'll, hopefully you'll make the connection later when I preach. Um, but uh, us as a family in Cambodia, this is the fun story. That's the health and safety. They're wearing helmets. <laughs> Not that those helmets helped at all. <laughs> But anyway, so the fun story is Cambodia was a problem of um, flooding. It's a very flat country and typhoon rains every year, right? So there's massive flooding, flooding problems. So Cash and I were working at an international school there and um, high level of responsibility for both of us. We, that's the kind of people we are. We won't drop the ball. We're also South Africans, so we very much a Burmaka plan, phosphate, we will be there. We just like, you know, what's a sick day? Um, and then... We have this day where it's flooding like it rained the whole night. And when, when it rains in Cambodia, I'm sorry, raindrops that could break your neck. Like, they are, you know, big guys. And uh, so we, I woke up early the next morning and I said, Cash, this is, today's a problem. This is, we, this is a flood. Okay. I want to go check, go and scout a route so we can get to school. So on that bike, on my own, go and scout, find a route. Okay, but it's between knee and kind of thigh deep. That's how... That's the root. That's the shallow. All right? So, scout to that. Get home. Listen, family. All hands on deck. We are moving. Like, this, move. Like, no, lunch, forget it. Like, we are going. This is happening now. That kind of, you know, dad's making a plan. And um, get there, get through the whole, I mean, we're all wet. It's like a mess. We get there, and we're the only people there. Because everyone else... Saw the flood. Then we checked our phones and there was a text saying, don't worry, coming to work today because it's flooding. So sometimes uh, we are doff in the way we just continue and we just push on. So I'm going to make the connection to that later. But the story that I'm going to actually preach to us out of today is, is in, in the book of Mark. And it's about the disciples and ultimately they're actually quite doff as well. Um, if you haven't realized, well, welcome to church. Actually, we're all just giving it a go, hey, Mark? Um, anyway, so we're going to look at Mark 6, and it's um, Jesus walking on the water. We'll read in a minute, but just the context of this from verse 45. He's just fed the 5,000. This happens to be the 19th miracle, according to my research, um, recorded in the Gospels. So the disciples, they're not new to the miraculous. They should be quite familiar with it. So one of the other kind of fun miracles that, or that I see in this is feeding 5,000 people. They all got fed. 
there was no chaos, and there was leftovers. How many briars or life groups have you been to where that's the story? All right, so we need more of that manifested, manifested, right? No chaos, no of those chicken societies next to my voice, none of that, all right? But <laughs> this is the context, all right? So he feeds them. The next thing we're going to read, all right, verse 45, it says, Immediately he, Jesus, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully. Just stop there for a second. How was your 21, 22? I think a lot of us made headway painfully, though. Saw them making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass them by. Loving Jesus, the caring one, gentle. Just walk past the straining at the oars. My, my brain jogs when I read that, like he meant to pass them by. Anyway, well, I'll... Make some reference in a minute. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and they were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and he said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Amazing. Suddenly he has to get involved, right? Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Lord, I thank you for this incredible account. I pray that you would help us to see the greater truth of what you lead us into. Help us to find faith in our hearts. Help us to hear the call of your heart to ours, Lord God, that we can respond with faith. Speak to us. Help us to learn. Forgive us for when we are dull of hearing, Lord. Lead us. Amen. All right, so I'm just going to make some comments and then hopefully give you some lessons from my life. But firstly, the, the comment there, the immediately. It starts on verse 45, immediately. So they've just fed 5,000 people from next to nothing. There's no celebration of that moment. There's no debrief, hey guys, well done. You know, James, you should have been, you know. None of that. Just immediately, boat, go. No, no rest. We've just fed five. Can we just chill? They were already keen to do that before. Anyways, there's immediately... This is often our story. There's sudden change that come to us, and we have to find faith. Not to go too far back, but that was COVID. Suddenly, gosh, we have to find faith. We had to find faith. Moving on, verse 47 says, When evening came, he, talking about Jesus, he saw they were making headway painfully. The wind was against them. Don't, just some insight, don't presume if you're having opposition, don't presume that it's God. 
Also, if there's a lack of opposition, don't presume that that is God either. Don't presume because it's easy that you're right. right? There's a mistake in that that I've learned often. Hey, we're going so well. Maybe because we're going with the stream. So the wind was against them. The fourth watch. There's only four watches of the night. This is the last watch. So Jesus started watching them when evening came. Four watches. He takes his time. He doesn't run in to rescue them from their struggle. That's been my experience. If you are struggling, don't pray, God, rescue me from the struggle. There's lessons in the struggle that God, he he cares more about that learning than he does about our comfort. So he, he waits for the fourth watch. Right? He watched them most of the night. Then he means to pass them by. So now, now he's, he's taking action. Now he starts to walk across. Because he's, he's told them to go to Bethsaida. And I think when he leaves, he starts walking. He's like, I'll meet them that side. Right? Because he meant to pass them by. Why? In an instant, he can solve their struggle, but he chooses not to. Right? He chooses his initial, I'm going to walk them by. But my, in my, my faith heart, I'm watching, I'm thinking, this is how I see it. He's watching them and he's walking. He's watching them, waiting for them to remember the loaves. Waiting for them to remember, we serve a miraculous God and he has given us authority. Waiting for them to make that connection. They just keep going. We are like the disciples. Right? We forget so quickly. It's literally the same day. I think he hoped that they would remember, but they didn't. He also definitely he extended their opportunity to learn. Right? But amazingly, look at the compassion of Jesus. In verse 50, it says, immediately he spoke to them. Why? Because he saw fear in them. Perfect love drives out fear. And this is, Jesus hates fear. And who is the father of fears? The father of lies. He hates the, what the devil plans to do in you. So he comes and he, he will engage immediately when he sees fear. And that's the truth in my life and that's the truth from the scripture. And what does he say? He says, take courage. It is I. I am. The eternity of God is spoken in the moment. I am he that is. It is me. You have nothing to be afraid of. You know, fear comes to us all, even the kids of pastors. I know, because this is my story. And we need to look rightly. We need to have our eyes on the right, on the right father, the father of love, not the father of lies. Because when we look at the lies and what the enemy promises, fear will start to grow. But that's what Jesus says to them. Fear not, it is I. I, come to me. I'm the one. Moving on. There are 
They're utterly, they are utterly astounded when they see him get into the boat. Now, there's three wows that I want to mention. The first wow, they thought he was a ghost. All right, so this wow is the, ah, run. Right, and there's no joy in that wow. They are terrified. Right, and welcome to Christian living. If you're work, walking a life of faith, there will be moments of extreme terror. There will be. And it's, you know what? It's just part of the deal. Because you don't understand what's going to happen. Right? So the first while is them. It's, it's based on, ah, right? The second one is this wow of, ah, oh, he's with us. It's him. He's in our boat. We back the right team. You know? He's with us. Calm. Peace. And we do have access to that peace. And sometimes it's in. It's like the next moment. We're terrified and then, oh, thank you, Jesus. All right? But then the wow I really want to dig into a little bit is the third wow. And it's a little bit obscure because I don't know if when you read that, verse 52, it says, they didn't understand about the loaves. It's a bit like, hmm? Right? So they were the same. But anyway. And I want to just read from New King James because I found this was quite helpful. And it's, I'll just read verse 51 and 52. It says, Then he went into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves, beyond measure, and marveled. So that's a lot of amazement there. Right? Greatly amazed, beyond measure, marveling. They were really amazed. But what are they amazed at? Not, this is not really talking about the miracle. This is themselves. So what I see, the wow here is the, wow, how did we miss it? It's a, ah, oh. anyone identify? Right? After you didn't take the faith step, you go, ah, oh. that's not Greek, but that's day four. Amazed. Right? And why? It says in verse 52, for they had not understood about the loaves, because their heart was hardened. This is our challenge with faith. If I look at my life, every time that I have started to lack faith, there's a root of bitterness or there's a root of offense. There's a place in where I got offended either by, you know, it's not like it was. When we were, the amount of times I, I catch myself saying when we were in Cambodia, Somebody asked me a while ago, what's it like, you know, you live there, you're in Asia for 19 years, and now you're back, and it's like, <laughs> I get that a lot. But anyway, um, the best way I can describe it is it's like Narnia. We stepped through a door, right, and then coming back from Narnia, and we were kids, but we were kings. The things that we saw, the things that we did in Cambodia were... Astounding. I'd, and I don't want to make today about those, but the miracles that we saw, healings, manifestations of the Spirit, prophetic lives being birthed. Like, and God put that at our feet. We got to enjoy that. So I come, to Cambo come back to Cape Town, and that's, that's what it feels like. <laughs> School uniform. <laughs> Go, and the, uh, we just remember. So my heart, I have to guard my heart, because <laughs> I was a king. 
And the truth of the matter is we are all kings here. But we have to walk a life of faith so we can see it manifest. See, this, this problem of hardness of heart is also, I think, probably the best scripture for it is Hebrews. In Hebrews 3 and 4, there's an account of what happened to the Israelites. And it says, it starts out, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion. And then it goes and it says, who, who, were, who were these that hardened their hearts? Was it not those who were led by Moses out of Egypt? You see, the challenge the disciples had here in the boat, they'd seen 19 miracles. It's a lot. Big ones. Dead, huh? Right? 5,000 fed. These are big miracles. I've seen 19 of them. Same problem with the Israelites. They saw 10 plagues. They experienced 10 plagues. That's before they left. When did their hearts get hard? In the desert. Right? This is, this is our challenge. If we want to live a life of faith, we have to deal with this issue. We have to deal with our hearts because it's very easy for the enemy to jump on anything that we pick up as offense. What is he? He wants to destroy you or destroy your faith. Same result. So we can speculate in Mark 6 about why their hearts were hard. Maybe it was the quick turnaround time from the 5,000 to the boat trip. I don't know. But the point is the result was they did not understand about the loaves. See, my, my, my thinking is with Jesus when he's walking along and he's watching them. He's hoping they're going to do something. You've seen 19, 19 moments where creation and the laws of creation have been overridden because you are the keeper of my spirit. You have my spirit. So, and I see him, but no, they could not because of their hearts were hard. This is also our challenge. You know, the amazing grace of Jesus, though, if you keep on reading past this, obviously the boat lands. The next thing Jesus does is more miracles. And the amazing thing is, when we, when we watch Peter, when we watch James, we watch John, we watch how they respond in the Holy Spirit pouring out. When Peter stands up and he says, this is that, that the prophet Joel prophesied of. This is that. We have a different, he understands the loaves now. He understands the miraculous. He understands this is not what you think. They are not drunk as you presume. They are men that are filled with the Spirit of God. That's why you hear them speaking in your tongue. I've heard that. I've had friends that that's happened to. It's amazing. We should see that. But I will say this. Many times people say to me about life of miracles. The more miracles I see, that's easier to believe. It's not true. It's simply not true. It didn't happen in the Bible. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. What happens, you see something miraculous. Your brain starts to work. And as soon as you pick up some offense or some judgment, the enemy jumps on that and faith is destroyed. That is the story of them in the Bible. It's the story of us. Something practical. Let's get there. So the title for today. <laughs> now we get there. Uh, is a leap of faith. And um, I think 
I'll just use, excuse the teacher in me, but I'll use, use the LEAP as an acronym. It's helped me. I trust it helps you. And the, 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 this LEAP of faith, it does seem, very often when you do something in faith, it does seem irrational to an extent. But let your mind be renewed so that your mind can go the distance of the rational with the Spirit of God renewing your mind. If you go, you try and take the rational journey of, oh, this is our next step in whatever God's calling us to, and you don't have the Spirit of God in that, forget it. You, like, you're done. Because you cannot, your, your thoughts are not being renewed. Your thoughts are not re- being redeemed by the Spirit of God. You have to have that renew, renew, renew. All right, so the acronym. The first L for, for the first one L for leap is listen. If you want to live a life of faith, start by listening. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Um, listen, take time. Um, I think one of the, the challenges with our lives nowadays is we, we're busy. I hate it. I hate the fact that we're busy. But we need to take time because you know what? God wants us, not just to give us instructions. God doesn't want to use you. You're not an object. God wants to walk with you. God wants to, he wants to walk alongside you and watch how you respond to the loaves. That's what he wants. It's not this, you need to do something for me because I'm the God. What kind of a God is that? Don't ask, use me. No, take me. Rule with me. We should be living as kings. So listen. And I think with one of those, just go back to the knowledge of the, the wind. When the wind is against you and you feel like you're following what God's told you to do, ask why. It's a simple thing. God, why am I, why, why am I feeling this opposition? My experience, often there's something wrong in my heart. I'm thinking it, it should look like it did there. Or, why did he have to be like that? And that's the opposition I'm feeling. Probably because I've got insecurity that needs to be dealt with. Often the, when I feel opposition, the wind doesn't change. I need to change. So listen. Second run, experience. Now, there's two components to this really. It's, it's the experience of, you actually just need to do something. Um, but also there's the experience of, in learning theory, forgive me, uh, as an educator, you need to reflect on what's happened so that you know what worked and what didn't, right? We all do this quite instinctively, but I think with my faith journey, I've learned to be explicit. That worked, that didn't work, repeat that, don't repeat that. It's quite simple, but we need to do that, and this is why I journal. God, you said this, I did that, amazing result. I thought this, I did that, boo-boo, right? And that's that, that kind of experience, gain experience of, also, how does God speak to you? Because it's not the same for me and cash, and we're one flesh, right? My experience has been that God speaks to me through Scripture. I do have the privilege of God has gifted me with dreams, 
in visions. I, I see things sometimes quite plainly, but this is what I allow to direct my life. Because this can get confused. Right? We see in part, we hear in part, but this is solid. So what I hear, what I dream, I've got to filter it through this. And this is one of the things that always I come back to. Is that here? If not, no. This has to be the experience that you have. And I would suggest that that's true for all of us. That the word should be where we go. So make your learning explicit. And just also in this, I think keep your relationships intact. God opposes the proud, right? So sometimes the opposition we're feeling is because there's, a, there's something prideful in me and I'm a, you know, I need more or I expect more or something like that. And then actually my relationships are in jeopardy. So God will actually intervene. All right, next one's apply. And uh, sorry, that's all the leap. <laughs> right. Make new moves that look familiar. In other words, take your learning that you've experienced. You've written, I know God speaks to me like this. I know this worked. Just re- redo that. Rinse and repeat. Right? And the, the, sometimes it's a similar situation. Like This is quite similar to that. So I know that worked in that situation. So I'm just going to... Just apply it. So it's taking your learning and making it practical. For big movements, again, this is where I go. If it's not here, I'm not making one move. So for Cash and I, um, the a good example of this is how God spoke to us to go to, so we were in Taiwan for almost five years. How God spoke to us to go to Taiwan, word. How God spoke to us to go to Cambodia, word. How God spoke to us to come back to South Africa, seemingly not a good move, word. Who really comes from an international situation? We were doing well, and we had connections all over the world that wanted us. Why? Because this is our country, and this is our fight. This is our story. God wants to use us to redeem the story here. But how did God speak to us? Through words. I won't take you, but I have very specific scriptures. And there's timelines God showed us in scripture that match down to the days that we were offered jobs. In scripture. It's there. Not vague. Specific. Returning to cash last night, there's another level of the supply. And this has to do with commitment. How do you commit to what God's told you to do? And for, for some of you, your next, what's your next step? You've got to commit somewhere. you Join a life group. If you haven't, just do that. Whatever your next step is, you've got to commit, but then don't let your commitment be dictated by other people. This is your next step. And an example of that is, um, I was a complete, uh, not teacher's pet, what's the opposite? Right? I was that guy at school. Literally, uh, I'll spare you the details, but um, yeah, I'd get it at home as well because my mom happened to be a teacher at the school. Not so smart. But I went to a worship camp, I can't remember, sometime mid-80s. And God spoke to me about the nations. And I, I, I was like, 
academics, nothing. Lower grade math, lower grade this, lower grade that. Like sport for days. But academics, but now God said, you need to become a teacher because the nations are waiting. So I'm talking about apply. What do you actually have to do? What is the tax that you have to pay for some of the mistakes that you've made? I had to go and sit with my parents and say, listen, God's spoken to me about the nations and the, the key is teaching. I've got to repeat the trick. I've got to go back now and talk to the headmaster because I've, I've done two weeks of my trick. And like, um, so I had to go back to nine. I said, sorry, I'm no longer going to be a prefect and I'm not going to stay in the school. I'm going to boarding school because I've got to put systems in place that make me learn because God's called me to the nations. Massive tax. But if I had not taken that step, if I had not had those awkward conversations and taken that time, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have gone to Taiwan. I wouldn't have gone to Cambodia. None of those stories and none of those lives would have been changed. And I certainly wouldn't have seen it. Wouldn't have seen it. You see, there was an amazing moment when we handed the church over in Cambodia. Where God's, God just, he showed me something in the spirit. Where he was sitting on a chair, having read the book or the chapter of Cambodia. And he closed the book and the look on his face of complete pleasure. That wouldn't have happened if I didn't repeat my trick. That's, the, that's what I'm talking about. You've got to apply. Put things in place today. Live prophetically. The last one, P, the last P, pray. And I think in, in your prayer life, one of the ways you can guard your heart is pray for those that offend you. Take it to God. Trust God. Don't let those things take root. Pray for them. Pray with them, even when it's awkward. We're going to be together in eternity. That's awkward. If you haven't dealt with it between now and then, awkward. Hi. Nowhere to run. It's a story from my childhood. This is to illustrate what prayer looks like. My dad, as Mark mentioned, was an incredible pastor, and I grew up a very privileged life from a faith point of view. Not from a material point of view, but from a faith point of view. And um, we were traveling yesterday, we traveled through the Hex River Valley, and I was reminded of the story. He was taking a team of people on mission somewhere. We were going in the van. I don't know, 15 people in the van carrying a one-ton trailer full of all sorts of stuff. And as we get to probably one of the most vulnerable places, you know, there's a, a cliff on this side and a river on that side. I was sitting next to my dad in the front of the van and we had a blowout in the front left tire, which meant naturally we would have hit the cliff and then we would have gone in the river. That's how the mechanics of that work. But in that moment, I know in my, I know what I was thinking, what I was going to say. But my dad said, Jesus, help us. That's what he said. Jesus, help us. And obviously, the, the, there was no drama. It came. But what kind of a heart and what kind of a life, in the scariest moment of your life, that's what you need to say. Jesus, help me. That is such a good prayer. And that's, 
Sometimes that'll be our prayer this year. Jesus, help me. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. The cliff's here. The river's there. I have no way of steering this thing. I can't strain at the oars. I can't. I'm done straining at the oars. Jesus, help me. That's a good prayer. And with your relationships as well. Jesus, help me. Can you stand with me? Just another story. In 2017, I was diagnosed with tumors in my tibia. So that's why I walk a bit funny. But um, we had a very dark moment as a family where Kasha was in Taiwan trying to wrap up some affairs there. And I got the news. I was facing two decisions, either the surgery that I had or amputation. And Kasha phoned me. And this is... <laughs> It's such a crazy story. She phoned me. She said, Dave, I'm looking at shoes because I know you, you know. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have two feet. Like, this is where we are in this decision. I was like, and she got off the phone and she just said, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And unbeknownst to Cash, at that time, a friend of mine phoned from a different part in the country and said, actually a different part of the world because we were, this was in Cambodia. Someone from South Africa and said, God laid on my heart to pray for you, not for healing, but for faith. In that moment, when Jesus, well, sorry, when, sometimes she's like it, but when Cash just said, Jesus help, someone phoned me and said, listen, I've just got to pray for faith for you. And faith came. And I was like, no, we're going to fight this. But God, I thank you for faith. And I thank you that you will speak to us. And I pray for this, for this church, for this community, that faith would rise. But God, I pray that you would give us tangible elements to our faith. What are our next steps in the faith journey? What do we need to do? What do we need to apply? Help us to pray rightly, Lord. realize some of you might not even know Jesus. Who's this? Who's this that he talks of? Let me tell you. He is the Rose of Sharon, the most beautiful one. But apart from that, he is the one who will care for you. He will find you in your fear and say to you, it is I. It is I. If you need to make some decisions today, you need to make them today. All I can tell you from my life of trying to live as a faithful son is that he knows what's best. He really knows what's best. Well, God, I pray for faith to rise in this community. Come and speak your life into these people. Come and show them the incredible journey you want to go with them. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to take your next step or find out what is happening in the life of the church, head over to our website or follow us on social media. Cheers.